Today on CityCast Philly, it's the Friday News Roundup. We're talking about why more immigrants arrived by bus from Texas to Philly, why the Moodham Museum takes down its online exhibits, and how to get $25 concert tickets. It's Friday, May 12th. I'm Trinae Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Joining me this week is Alan Yu, science reporter at WHYY's The Pulse. Hey, Alan. Hello. And Jeff Gamage, staff writer covering immigration at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Hey, Jeff. Morning. So primary election day is just a few days away on Tuesday, May 16th. This is huge for our city, right? Uh, Voters are going to choose the 100th mayor of Philadelphia. Now, some of the candidates, you know, we've seen them attending forums and debates and pitching their ideas for the future of the city. But I saw this article from Axios Philadelphia, and they asked each of the candidates where they stand on a tradition in Philly called Savesies. Do y'all know what this is? No. I do not. Y'all don't know this, what Savesies are? Savesies is the tradition of saving a parking spot with a cone, a chair, oh, right. or a crate. So I have to ask you, should we keep this tradition going? I do not own a car. Okay. So that removes me from this debate. I've I actually heard about this, and I've heard that it is dangerous to remove someone's safety. Yes, it can um, be, yes. A- apparently, it is the implicit threat that if you remove the object, you'll get beaten over the head with it. <laughs> Possibly. Um, I think we should just keep this tradition so we don't increase the violence in the city. So there you go. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some top stories of this week. Jeff, let's start with you. Texas sent a bus of immigrants to Philly this week, which was the first time in months that we've seen a bus come through. How many people were on this bus and is Philly their their final stop? Philadelphia is not their final stop. Just about everyone will be moving on to connect with family in uh, mostly Northeast cities, but in other places around the country. It was our first bus since January 7th. It's the 20th bus to land in Philadelphia sent from Texas as Governor Abbott seeks to press sanctuary cities. And as you know, Philadelphia is among the sanctuariest, so to speak. 31 people arrive on Wednesday, including seven children. So, Jeff, this was happening, like you said, a few months ago, then it stopped. Do we know why the busing started up again? We think so. And the short answer is that what's happening in Philadelphia is a reflection of what's happening at the southern border. And when there's a crush of people at the border, that means more people are coming into Texas. And it means that the governor sends more of those people to Philadelphia, Chicago, New York, and Washington. During the past months, there's there's been uh, more stringent enforcement, including Title 42, and and so there has there have been fewer people coming in, which which in turn means there's fewer people coming to Philadelphia. Now we're waiting to see what happens when Title 42 goes away. The Biden administration plans to replace it with sort of a series of laws and rules to do the same thing. But advocates and city officials here are expecting more buses. They don't know when, they don't know how many, but definitely more. Now, real quick before uh, we move on, um, Jeff, what is Title 42? 
Title 42 was a very old provision, and it was created during World War II as, as a means to keep people out based on health, that you did not want to allow communicable disease into the country. President Trump revived this provision and used it to override asylum. President Biden has both endorsed the policy and criticized the policy, but he has kept Title 42 in place as a barrier against immigration. And on Thursday, Title 42 goes away. The CDC had declared that there was no longer a reason for it based on health factors. How are Philadelphia city officials preparing for more buses in the coming weeks or days? Philadelphia has done a really good job, I have to say. The city administration has worked with its partners in the community, uh, with immigration advocates and local organizations, to set up what has really been a very smooth running welcome system. They greet the bus. People are immediately checked for health issues. Does a child have a fever? Is somebody sick? Mm -hmm. They get medical attention. If everybody's okay, then they go to a city-run welcome center in North Philadelphia, and there they have access to uh, food, clothing, legal services, translation services. And Philadelphia has really been sort of a way station. We only have 11 people still at the shelter, and this is out of close to 900 immigrants who have come to the city. And we have about 50 people who are making their permanent home here. Another top story that caught my eye this week came from the residents and fellows at Penn Medicine. Now, this group voted to unionize this week. According to the Daily Pennsylvanian, the group is the first to organize these workers in the state. And also read in the Inquirer that this is the biggest new union in Philadelphia in more than 50 years. So the residents and fellows say, you know, they wanted better working conditions and to have the right to weigh in on decisions that were made within the hospital system. It's also been reported that Penn Medicine uh, spokesperson said they respect the decision of the group. So very interesting news there as well. You know, shifting gears a bit, Alan, you covered a really interesting story at the Mütter Museum, which is located at South 22nd Street. The museum took down its online exhibits. Why? Yes, so they took down all their online exhibits and all their YouTube videos. And they say that that's because they brought in a new executive director and a new CEO for the College of Physicians of Philadelphia. And they say that they want to reassess everything that the museum has, uh, the entire collection, everything online, all their YouTube videos, and that they want to basically go through everything to decide, is this respectful, is this appropriate uh, to have online? And then after they go through this process, they don't know how long, they, they, they will see some of these go back up. Now, this is confusing to me because folks actually gave up their, you know, body parts or whatever they're giving to the museum, right? So they're, they're essentially giving ownership to the museum. So why are they now having this conversation about how they display these items. 
Yeah, so this is actually uh, quite complicated, right? Because there are people like the person I spoke to for my story who, you know, voluntarily signed up to give part of their body to the museum, to have it on display, to have it be an educational resource, Mm -hmm. right? For people to learn about the conditions that they have. Now, those are, you know, what people call living donors. Now, there are also people who, when they passed, before they passed, rather, say that they want their remains to be displayed, as is the case with the other patient uh, that I talk about in my story. Now, but this hasn't always been the case, right? There hasn't always been this clear system of you know documenting who ha- who gives consent uh, for their remains to be in the museum. And in the museum, right, there are remains from a variety of people, you know, dating back many many years. And so, if you go far enough back, there are people who did not clearly and enthusiastically consent to have their remains displayed there. And the current leadership say it, it's, it's due to that that they are taking this rather drastic step to remove everything that's in the online exhibits and all their YouTube videos. But the museum is still open to the public, though, right? The museum remains open to the public. I actually did ask uh, the CEO of the college about this. And she said that, you know, it's a popular museum and, you know, they want uh, the museum to to remain open, but they are taking a somewhat different approach to the online exhibits and the YouTube videos. And there they're choosing to remove all of them. Did they give you any timeline on when they would finish this review process? They did not. I did ask for that, but they but they say that they cannot tell me how long it will take for them to finish reassessing everything. All right. Well, we'll definitely be on the lookout for that. Before we head out into the weekend, you know, I just want to leave with some good news. There's a lot more food festivals happening and people are roller skating outside again and music concerts. This weekend, Taylor Swift is taking over our area. She's got three sold out shows Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Are y'all Swift fans, Swifties? Is that what they call them? I am. I love her music. I just don't have the money to buy a ticket. Exactly. And I also don't have like you know, half a day to spend on Ticketmaster. Right. Jeff, what about you? I have young daughters, so uh, by osmosis, I wouldn't say I'm into Taylor Swift, but I've seen her twice with, with my kids, and uh, they're big fans. Alan, speaking of the expensive tickets, I read in an NBC10 report that Live Nation is having a promotion called Concert Week. And so, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how expensive concert tickets are these days. So they're making sure people can see shows for $25, which is insane. So now until May 16th, Folks can see the full list of events on Live Nation's website. You just select a show, look for that ticket label that says Concert Week Promotion, and add that $25 ticket or tickets to your cart. Tickets obviously are limited, um, but the company says, you know, uh, concert goers can choose from more than 3,800 shows, and that's across the country. So maybe there's hope, Alan, <laughs> that you can go see Taylor. <laughs> I presume this uh, offer does not extend to the Eras Tour. It right, weekend. probably not. <laughs> I think it's sold out. All right. That's Alan Yu, a science reporter for WHYY's The Pulse. And Jeff Gamage, staff writer covering immigration at the Philadelphia Inquirer. Thank you both so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 
It's time for the tip of the week, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. It's that time of year again to designate your block into a play street. Now, during the summer, designated streets are closed to traffic so that kids can play safely outside and get free meals and snacks. You can apply today by going to phila.gov slash programs slash play streets. We'll have a link in our show notes. If you have a tip of the week, we'd love to hear from you too. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our lead producer is Laura Benchaw. Our producer is Abby Fritz. Our Hey Philly newsletter editor is Brittany Valentine. And our host is me, Trina Marie. Music is by Philly's own Interminable, with additional music from All the Kimonos and James Weldon. If you enjoyed the show, tell your best friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend and be safe. Bye. Oh, oh, happy Mother's Day, Mom.